Very good. Let's pray for the reading of the word here tonight, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you would bless the reading of your word here tonight, Lord. Anoint it, Lord. Give it life. Allow your spirit to be strong and continue to be strong in this place, Lord God. We enjoy the praise and the worship, Lord. We enjoy the fellowship one with another. Uh, and now, Father, we pray for this part of the service as we open up the Bible and as we share from the, the scriptures, Lord, that you would bless and encourage us. And again, I ask you to help me as your servant to communicate your word, Lord God. Organize my thoughts and my words and let your spirit just fill our hearts here tonight in jesus name we pray amen all right galatians chapter 6 verse 7 and verse 8 the bible says this do not be deceived god is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life so let's go over what we talked about last week in galatians chapter 6 verse 6 it says this let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches so this verse is encouraging the people of god to bless those who teach the word of god and this is not directly uh, related just to the pastor is directed to anyone who has been, been given the privilege in the church to minister in the word or even in the worship in the praise uh, here at church and we mentioned last week sunday school teachers children's church teachers youth leaders men's bible study leaders women's bible study leaders young adult leaders the missionettes and the royal rangers seniors ministry marriage ministry and even if i didn't include your particular ministry this is important because sadly we in leadership even though you may not realize it we in leadership tend to get criticized a lot so encouragement is very very important how many of you would agree you can't encourage each other enough can you say amen it's never going to do us wrong to encourage one another other scriptures again that emphasize encouraging those who teach the word of god and these are just a couple of many that are listed in the bible first timothy chapter 5 verse 17 says this let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine in first thessalonians chapter 5 verses 12 and 13 and we urge you brethren to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake be at peace among yourselves so now let's go ahead and move on to our text for tonight which is found in galatians chapter 6 verses 7 and 8 and again let me just go ahead and read it uh, for our uh, learning sakes here it says do not be deceived god is not mocked we actually focused on that or began to focus on that part of it last week do not be deceived god is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life and i mentioned last week that there are certain verses of scripture that uh, for me 
are very scary. And it's kind of good. How many of you would agree the fear of the Lord is a good thing? Can you say amen? I know for my, at least for my, speaking for myself, it keeps me in check. When I feel like I want to do something that I know is wrong or evil, when I feel like I want to uh, do something that I know is, is out of order, and then that fear of God hits me, it keeps me in check. It keeps me, protects me from doing something that I know would be harmful to me or to others around me. So these kinds of scriptures are actually good for us. It's a warning. It's warning us that sin has a way of deceiving us into thinking that we can somehow get away with committing acts of evil. Listen, for, for the most part, when you and I do something wrong, God doesn't automatically in the moment rebuke or chastise or show himself or correct us or try to scare us or intimidate us. And because he doesn't come on to us immediately, in the back of our minds, we're starting to think, well, maybe I'm actually getting away with this. And the Bible is telling us, don't let yourself be deceived into thinking this way. Is everyone hearing what I'm saying? Can you say amen? Making us think that we won't get caught. Making us think that we won't be held accountable. Okay? Another scripture that is scary to me or that keeps me in check is Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. But if you do not do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. You and I may not see the consequences of our sin or rebellion right away. And the Bible is telling us, don't let that deceive you. Don't let yourself think that God doesn't see or that God doesn't care or that there aren't going to be any consequences. God will put us on blast if he has to. And hopefully that will put a little bit of fear in you and keep you in check, hopefully, as it does for me. This scripture is warning me not to play games with God, not to try to fool God. That's why in our text for tonight, in Galatians 6, 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Other scriptures that we mentioned last week that warn us about uh, being careful not to let ourselves be deceived. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Listen to what it says here. It says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. It also says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says this, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. James chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, it says this, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then... When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Luke chapter 21, verse 8, Jesus says these words. And he said, take heed that you, do not, that you 
not be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Do not allow yourself to be fooled by what the culture says. It's okay in 2021. The culture may say it's okay, but if God says it's not okay, then guess what, church? It's not okay, and you and I cannot be deceived by what's happening around us, okay? The Bible teaches us that the devil is a master in deception. He deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden, and he has been busy deceiving the nations of the world from the beginning of time until now, one day, ultimately, the devil will be destroyed. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, it says this, The devil who deceived him, who deceived them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Listen, the devil is on the losing team. Remind yourself of that. The devil is on the losing team. Anyone who sides with him, you're on the losing team. Our culture may think that they're getting away with all this madness and all this rebellion, but they are on a losing team. They're on death row. It's up to us to be an example of light and life and of righteousness and hopefully draw them in before it's too late. But they are deceived, just like we were at one time, or at least I can speak for myself. I was deceived. I was part of the world. I was on my way to hell. By the grace of God, here am I here today. But man, I understand the way the world is because I was once there. But until the devil is destroyed, you and I, who are children of God, need to heed the instructions given to us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And it says this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I hate to say this, I hate to admit this, but man, the devil is good at taking out Christians, devouring Christians, destroying Christians' lives and their marriages and their health and their children and their families and their destiny. He's good at it. That's why we have to stay alert and vigilant and not play any games with the Lord. How many of you are glad that you're in church here today? Amen. Even though I'm speaking these hard things, you're still glad that you're in church today. Amen. We need to be reminded, church, that we're living in evil days. And we got to be on our game as men and women of God. We got to be on our game. So we learned last week that God is not going to be mocked. But let's look at the second part of Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. Let me read it again. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. That he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 and 8. I want to read it in the Good News Translation. Listen to how it reads in the Good News Translation. It says this. Do not deceive yourselves. No one makes a fool of God. You will reap exactly what you plant. Now, we got to pray for our country because eventually our nation is going to pay the price for the sin and rebellion that we're allowing in our nation, church. Because why? No one's going to make a fool out of God. Okay? If you plant in the field of your natural desires, from it you will gather the harvest of death. If you plant in the field of the Spirit, from the Spirit you will gather the harvest of eternal life. 
Now, the majority of us in here are not farmers. We go to the market, whether it's Costco or Ralph's or Avon's or I don't even know what other stores are out there. But, you know, we're spoiled. We don't have to do any kind of farming. We just go out there and we buy what we need. And thank God we live in America where we have, at this point of time anyway, an abundance of whatever we want. Can you say amen, church? We're a very, very blessed people that we can just go to the market and pick out whatever we want. And there's always fresh food there. But we know enough about how we get our fruits and vegetables to know that seeds have to be planted into the ground in order for fruits and vegetables to grow. And we also know that if we plant apple seeds and water the ground where the apple seeds are planted, that we are going to get a tree that will eventually produce apples. If you plant melon seeds, you're going to get melons. If you plant spinach, you're going to get spinach. If you plant broccoli, you're going to get broccoli. If you plant tomatoes, you're going to get tomatoes. And the Bible is teaching us here that the same principle applies to spiritual seeds. Remember the list of the fruit that was given to us in Galatians chapter 5. Verses 19 through 25. Let me read that to you. This is all fruit. This is all fruit that you and I are capable of producing in our lives. It says this. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Church, this is not a joke. These are serious words. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. We got to drill that into our spirit. We will not inherit the kingdom of God if we're practicing these things, doing these things, allowing this to be fruit in our lives. We will not inherit the kingdom of God. How many of you would agree? This is pretty serious stuff. Can you say amen? We can't be playing around with this kind of stuff. But then it says here in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So in verses 19 through 21, the Bible gives us a list of examples of fruit that leads to death. And in verses 22 and 23, the Bible gives us a list of examples of fruit that leads to eternal life. It is really up to us to determine what kind of fruit we will end up producing. But the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. If we are guilty of being a person that is producing the fruit listed in verses 19 through 21, or if we are involved in any of these types of behaviors or lifestyles that are listed in verses 19 through 21, we are in serious danger of hell fire. And again, it does not matter if our culture says these things are okay. If God says they're not okay, then church, it's not okay. And we need to go to God and ask him to help us 
At the same time, if we are striving to produce the fruit listed in verses 22 and 23, or if we are involved in these types of behaviors or lifestyles that are listed in verses 22 and 23, we can feel confident in knowing that we are living a life that is pleasing to our God and that will be rewarded and blessed by our God. Now, let me give you an example of how you and I have to make choices every day about what kind of seed we're going to allow to be planted in our hearts and what kind of fruit we're going to be allowed, we're going to allow ourselves to produce. If someone does something to me or to someone that is special to me that is cruel and mean and evil, so dark that I feel myself getting filled with anger and rage and revenge and a desire to retaliate retaliate at that moment when my when my flesh is being filled with rage and revenge and a desire to get back at that individual that either hurt me or hurt someone that was very dear to me my flesh is going to want to respond with evil in my heart hatred contention outbursts of wrath revenge gossip evil and murder oh the joy of seeing the one that did me wrong agonizing in pain and in a pool of blood. You have no idea the kind of things that Pastor Jerry imagines doing to those that try to hurt him. But in the end, this leads to my own death. However, if I choose to crucify or put to death those evil desires and passions in my heart and instead choose to submit myself to the care and guidance of God and walk in the law of love. And I know, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking these things and you're hearing these things, but man, in that moment of passion, in that moment where you are in a rage and you have to submit yourself to the spirit of God, how many of you would agree that that's a tough thing to do? Very tough. Very hard because you want to go off. You want to go off and hurt somebody. And God's putting you in check, challenging you to get yourself and put yourself in check. And these emotions and these passions and these desires, they're raging. They're on fire. And you want to go off. But here we are having to make a decision. Are we going to go off and do what we want to do? Or are we going to trust God and allow his spirit to help us to walk in the law of love? First of all, by doing what God wants me to do, I will keep myself out of trouble. I may even keep myself out of prison. I will definitely keep myself in favor with God. And I will allow God to exercise his vengeance instead of me trying to exercise vengeance. And it goes back to one of those favorite scriptures that we like to quote in Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Church, when somebody does us wrong, we have to make a decision. Am I going to try to handle it on my own, or am I going to let God handle it for me? We have to make that decision. 
And whatever decision you make, it will produce fruit, either to death or to life. Everyone understanding what I'm saying? Can you say amen? Listen to what it says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. 2 Peter chapter 2. I'm sorry, this is 1 Peter. I gave you the wrong scripture, okay? It's 1 Peter. I'm sorry. Let's see if they can transition quickly here. It's 1 Peter chapter 2. Gave you the wrong scripture, Daniel and Jordan. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, it says this. For this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer for it, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. In other words, some injustice was done to you. You did absolutely nothing wrong. You are innocent. You, you, did, you, you didn't hurt anybody. You didn't intend to hurt anybody. You didn't do anything wrong. And yet you got tore up. You got burnt. For to this you were called, verse 21, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was guile found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed, listen to this, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. In other words, somebody does you wrong and you are upset and you are in a rage and you want to go out of control, but you say to yourself, I'm going to do what Jesus did. I'm going to commit myself to him who judges righteously. I'm going to commit myself to the hand of God. God, you take care of this for me. Because if I try to handle it, I'm going to mess things up for myself and I'm going to mess things up for everyone else. And you could either end up in prison or dead yourself. That's how a lot of us get into trouble. There are two ways in which God usually deals with us to bring correction in our lives. The first is found in the book of Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Listen to what it says this here. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Let me read it in the New Living Translation. It says this, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? In other words, if you are in sin or practicing sin, or if you and I, I should include myself in this, if you or I are in sin or practicing sin and we are not repenting, there are times when God will choose to be very patient with us, waiting to see if we will repent on our own, waiting to see if we will humble ourselves and realize that God has not dealt with us as our sins deserve, realizing that God has chosen to have mercy and grace on us instead of pouring out his wrath on us. If we are smart, we will humble ourselves before our God and say, thank you, God. Thank you for choosing not to publicly humiliate me, for choosing to spare my life, for choosing to help me keep my job and my family and my marriage and my material possessions. Wow, God, I can't believe it. Here I am doing these 
these wicked things, and I still have my job. Wow, God, I can't believe it. Here I am doing these wicked things, and I still have my marriage. Here I am doing these wicked things, and I still have my family. Here I am doing these wicked things, and I still have my health. Here I am doing these wicked things, and I still have my home and a place to sleep and food, and I'm able to pay my bills, and I still have a car. I can't believe it. I should be stripped of all these things and thrown to the curb like a piece of garbage, but instead, you continue to be there for me. Your goodness and your kindness is so overwhelming, and I ask you to forgive me for all of my selfishness and my rebellion. That should be our response to the goodness of God. It's like this song that I want to play for you right now. It's uh, by Leslie Phillips. Can you go ahead and play that for me, please? And just listen to the lyrics. You can read them as the song is playing. I love this song. Let's pray. We'll continue this next Wednesday. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you're amazing. You are so amazing, Lord. What you put up with daily in all of our lives. You're so good to us. You're so kind and loving. None of us really deserve to even be here or to have what we have. And yet, Lord God, here we are because of your goodness and your kindness and your love to us. You're so patient. But Lord, help us not to take advantage of you. If we know that we're in a wrong place, if we know, Lord God, that we aren't where we should be in our relationship with you. Help us not to force your hand on our lives. Help us, Lord, to respond with love and with repentance and with a, a loyal heart to you, God. A loyal heart that will serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die tonight or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If you're watching online and you know that you're not in the right place with God, we want to give you a chance to get right with him. Just say this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sin and rebellion against you. I recognize, Lord, that you have been good to me, even though I don't deserve it. You have been so good to me, and I ask you to forgive me. Help me, Lord, to turn away from my sin and rebellion, and those things that I know hurt you and break your heart. Help me to willingly have a desire to be loyal and live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless your church. Thank you for being in church here tonight. Those of you that need any personal ministry, you feel free to come forward. We'll pray with you if you're sick. You need prayer for somebody that's sick, job, finances, relationships, feel free to come on up and we'll pray with you. Thank you so much for being here at church. Hey, Esther, 
I want you, I, I, I want you, I want to talk to you really quick. Come on over here really quick. And you too, Tony. I'm going to put you on blast too, Tony. I want to talk to both of you really quick, okay? No, 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 that Tony over there. Yeah. But I can talk to you too, Tony. <laughs>